Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I'm your host, Josh, and with me are my two co-hosts. It's your boy, Chase. And it's your boy, Nick. Uh, and we got a nice show for you all, for you people today. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian, season finale of season two. A lot of stuff happened. We're going to discuss a lot of events that went on in season two, so full-on spoilers for that. Um, we're going to talk about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, the Netflix film starring Chadwick Boseman, his last performance. Uh, going to discuss that. Uh, going to discuss The Sound of Metal, uh, the Amazon Prime film starring Riz Ahmed. Uh, very, very interesting film. Going to discuss that. Uh, also going to throw out some news topics today. You know, not big on news today. Not like uh, last week uh, where we got that uh, Disney uh, serotonin overdose. Hmm. Um, so just some just some light stuff. Uh, going to talk about Tom Cruise bringing out his Les Grossman. Um, <laughs> going to talk about Sony and Cyberpunk. And we're going to talk about... Um, some other video game stuff real quick. Uh, Smash Brothers in particular. Uh, Seth Roth coming there. We, I don't think we discussed that um, last week, I don't think. Uh, I was... News came out. I was holding... I was withholding myself from uh, oh, you just bringing too. it up. Yeah. Oh, you just had to like, uh-huh. calm yourself down before we're talking about it a little. Yeah, there was a lot of serotonin that day, and he was a part of it. Um mm. But I knew you guys didn't give a shit, so I tried to keep it to myself. <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, I play, I play Smash, and I mean, I like Seth Roth as a character. I mean, okay. you know, I mean, when you, yeah, I mean, when you talk about somebody who's living literally rent free in somebody's head, I mean, that's a perfect <laughs> description with Seth Roth and Cloud. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, that dude is literally living rent free in his head. I mean, he's, yeah, just haunted by that dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so I'm excited. I was watching um, a gameplay breakdown of him. Um, and he seems like a really cheap character. I mean, like, oof. Uh, yeah, uh, he seems really, really tough. Uh, he's he's good. So, and I yeah, think there's so like a there's like enough of a skill gap for a lot of how you use him. Because I can't yeah. see I can't see too many moves of his being like the spam kill moves that you got with like Hero and like Byleth and stuff like that. Um. You don't, is, you don't think his like his his edge guard ability like he with the long sword and the way he can poke. You can maneuver really around that. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I, like while I was depends using on what him. type of character. Hmm. Depends on what type of character you go up against him with. Though. True. True. Uh, yeah. Like obviously, like say like a Mario is at a full disadvantage. Um, but still, there's ways to like maneuver around him. Um, I, I think I think he adds something interesting to the meta, and I also think that uh, just the idea of literally everywhere Cloud goes, whether it be any game, no matter it, like I think he was in Soul Calibur, he was in obviously Kingdom Hearts, no matter where he goes, Sephiroth follows. <laughs> so that that that's funny to me. Um, you can't even hang out with Mickey Mouse without without the dude popping up out of nowhere. <laughs> so, um, so did you play some of them? Or no? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually just beat. I mean, I beat the challenge last night. Um, it took a while because uh, I was doing the very hard mode. Did you try that out yet? Mm. No, I hadn't. It's a lot of fun, but expect to lose. Um, like the first, like. 10 minutes or so i couldn't even make it past the uh 
I couldn't even get to the chorus of his song. <laughs> where, you know, where they started doing the Latin chanting and then say his name at the end. I couldn't even hear that because I was getting my ass beat on very hard mode. Um, but I got very lucky and the last time I fought him and I got a spike off of an, on him. Um, and it was only like 29 seconds, but it was it it took at least like maybe 40 minutes for me to beat him on very hard mode. Uh, yeah, do you, uh, don't you main um, you main persona, don't you in Joker? In yeah, Smash, don't you? Yeah, Joker. Yeah, yeah, I beat him with Joker. That cheap ass, that cheap ass character too. Yeah, I tried to yeah, beat him Joker. with Cloud, but like you know, I'm I'm not that good with Cloud on Smash, so it it was hard to fulfill uh, the story destiny because <laughs> I kept getting my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> So if you could beat him with Cloud, like I commend you. But his his like Cloud, Cloud's just not that good on Smash in my opinion. Hmm. I I mean it depends on how you use him. I, I yeah. like to use Cloud. Some he's my kind of my second main in Smash, uh, behind Kirby. Um, and you know depending on how you use him, you know he can be. But yeah, he has his limitations of what he can do. But he's a very easy character to pick up. Just don't get in the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cheap things he can do, like Sephiroth, he can stab through platforms. <laughs> um, his, his speed is, is ridiculous, like his speed, uh, the length of his sword is crazy. Like, they showed a clip of, like, three Kirbys, and he just, like, slashed through three Kirbys, like, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, you know, and his projectile is really cool, um, mm. you know. And then you can like projectile, then run up, grab a person, or run up and attack them. And yeah. they can't do anything about it. I mean, they can't do anything about it. Yeah, that Which shit is tough. <clears throat> yeah, so that makes it even extra cheap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to playing him and playing against him. Especially, you know, it's already tough enough being a Kirby main and trying to fight characters with swords. And look at this <laughs> character with this gigantic sword. That's already tough enough. But they disappointed yeah, I mean, I mean, me. It disappointed me with Kirby Roth, though. I thought he was going oh, to have like the sword. I, I thought that he was going to have the sword. He doesn't. He uh, in the in, in the image I saw, I thought he he had the sword. I thought in the in the in the picture. I'm I talking saw. about Kirby Roth, not not Sephiroth. Yeah. I'm talking about the ultimate being, Kirby Roth. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like when like Kirby absorbed Sephiroth, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. He doesn't have the sword. Yeah. No, oh, doesn't. I thought in the pick. Oh. Kirby Roth. No, no in this sword. Really? Yeah, I played with Kirby Roth. I was very disappointed. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, that's they should have gave him the sword just for the memes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like the super long one too, like the little body yeah. super long sword. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, that's that would have been just like the meme where, uh, where you have little baby Kirby plushie holding that sword. Oh yeah, and that would have been yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, but but yeah. he only gets the B ability unfortunately, so he got like the uh, explosive uh, Faraga. Oh okay, yeah, because yeah. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, okay, I see that. Which is cool, the but hair... like Kirby with a sword is what what is what I need. <laughs> yeah, the hair looks nice though. Like oh yeah, yeah, nice. he's flowing, he's flowing. Looks... Yeah. Definitely put some some uh, uh, curl juice in that. <laughs> yeah. 
There's actually, uh, I think it was Crisis Core, where there was like a uh, a weird throwaway line where they say like Sephiroth uses full like bottles of shampoo every time he hits the shower. Like he uses at least like three of them. <laughs> well, you got to. Well, I mean, with that hair, I mean, you, you got to. Yeah. I mean, with those luscious yeah. locks, I mean, <laughs> I mean, how, is there any like stat that says how long his hair is? Like, I mean, he he's like six foot, right? So his hair is. I thought it was seven foot. I thought. Was oh, he is. Foot. Well, I guess his hair is seven what, feet what, tall or seven feet long. Yeah. He's he's Rapunzel on this bitch. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, you got to. I mean, yeah, got to use that mane and tail. <laughs> Just whole bottles of mane and tail. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, when's the last time you, uh, is that the, like, the most recent time you hopped on Smash was with playing with Sephiroth? Yeah. I mean, I hopped on a couple days ago just to refresh myself because I just haven't really mm. played it. Um, ever since I left the house where I was still in college, um, I haven't really been playing it too much because I don't really have too many people to play it with. So, you know. If I would ever get like a full like Smash Bros online community together, then maybe I'd I'd hop on it more. But like Sephiroth was basically the only reason I picked it back up just to see if he's good, um, and also just because like I'm a I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy VII, so it was just nice to hear the music uh, get remixed. Yeah, the, 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 play the stage. Yeah, the music was. Yeah. yeah, that stage was crazy. Like the stage going into the. Uh, to like the volcano and then yeah. it, it, like that that was a really nice stage. That was a really really good stage. I liked that a lot. Yeah, and the music was really good too. The way they remixed it, yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They put a lot of respect on the but, true final boss. Um, but I, I mean, I, I added you to that Facebook uh, a group where we was playing Smash. Man, don't you know uh, to stay the fuck off sp- Facebook? Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you're not on there like that, but yeah. Uh, um, but a lot of us are gonna probably play it, uh, play it again because of Sephiroth and everything like that. So probably, yeah, I'll hit you up if we okay. ever do uh, something like that. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah, Nick's like, I don't. Yeah, Nick, like, I don't fucking play Smash. I don't give a fuck. What y'all fucking nerds. About. Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking play that hey, shit. How are you gonna like women to sleep with, bro? How are you gonna be in Japan and not play Smash Bros? <laughs> that's that's something. You don't have a Switch? No, I do not have a Switch actually. That's crazy. Wow. Come on, man. Wow. You gotta get a Switch, man. Hey, That's Switch crazy. Is some, Switch is, hey, Switch is some weeaboo shit out here, and girls ain't into that. <laughs> really? Sure, well, a lot of girls like, you know, like, a lot of girls like uh, uh, Mario Kart, don't they? They like following the road rules and shit, stopping at red lights and shit like that, don't they? <laughs> you know, in Mario Kart, shit like that. I don't see you know, any, like, I don't see any lights in Mario Kart, dog. I think it's just go. <laughs> you know, yeah, this is like when they play Grand Theft Auto, they follow the traffic rules and just, you know, they, you know, stop I at the red lights, turn, you know. I did get so bored in quarantine that I did actually do that when I played GTA 5. <laughs> <laughs> this is just to prolong the missions. <laughs> yeah, just that's how you know you're really you, bored. You just, just to remember the feeling of driving. <laughs> Yeah. That's how you know you're really bored. Um, and uh, like I tried driving in Cyberpunk. Like I don't know if it's just me <laughs> or if it's just the game, but I don't remember being that ass at driving in a video game. I don't remember that. Oh man, because it's been a while since I drove in a video. I'm like, 
I think it's that game. I think it's just messed up, I think. So, all right. So, you know what's funny? I had to actually pick up my controller and connect it to my PC for driving because driving on the keyboard is literally impossible. (laughs) That shit is so trash. Um, So, the controls are, you know, basically just the arrow keys. So, you're like mashing that button, right? And you're just going like a thousand miles per hour nonstop. You have to hit the brake, like, you know, literally every two seconds so you don't run over somebody is i'm actually i actually might post this on uh on on my youtube channel where uh i i played like i recorded myself playing like the first like 30 minutes and literally as a nomad you start off you start off in a car and the second i drove out i hit somebody and there was a police chase (laughs) (laughs) this shit is impossible yeah, like when I hit people in GTA, I wanted to hit people in GTA. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> yeah. Not, like yeah, this you, game, I just do it j- yeah, just GTA, because. You, yeah, like that you meant to hit world. them. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes accidents happen. You going too fast and you like hit the handbrake, then you sideswipe some dude on the sidewalk. <laughs> so shit happens. Yeah, you know what just I mean? Just because that's just the mechanics of driving in Cyberpunk, apparently. <laughs> There's like a yeah, billion people but, on the sidewalk and like. For whatever reason, they just will not give you control of the car. <laughs> yeah. It's hey, like you're it's, fighting. Hey, it's, the, uh, like it's, you're fighting. It's your COVID-19 controller. logic. It's uh, uh, my body, my choice. If I want to get hit by a car, I'll get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, I'm that's another what? thing. They they do they do a piss poor job of getting out of the way in that <laughs> game. Um, I just remember I was supposed to save some people in this one shootout mission for the police or whatever. Um, and, and I only did it for the money, but, um, cause fuck the police. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the AI would not like get out of my way. So I ended up shooting them by accident and well, you know, it is what it is. I took their money too, <laughs> but the AI is dumb. Yeah, um, I mean, the, one of the, one of the things to just kind of laugh about it is like the bugs compilation. Yeah. Like going on YouTube, watching all the different bugs that people run into. Like that's one thing, you know. Like mm. seeing like one bug where a guy's trying to go through a window and he just gets teleported all the way back to the other side of the map or something <laughs> like that. Or you're on a motorcycle for some reason, then all of a sudden you stand up on the motorcycle doing a handstand naked <laughs> with no pants on. Uh, like just, just <laughs> weird shit, like just weird, just buggy shit like that. Like, like if that's you're driving you, a car. That's how oh, you yeah, do it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how you drive, I mean, if you in jackass, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> took one motorcycle safety class. I'm pretty sure that's how you ride one. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's so it's it's so bad now that Sony pulled it from the PS Store. <laughs> um, you know, they just said screw it and pulled it from the PS Store. And people trying to get refunds. There's some people who say like they're able to get refunds, mm. um, and then some people who say they haven't gotten a refund. Mm-hmm. Um, so that isn't a hundred percent sure. So if you did want a refund, that isn't like a hundred percent. Like if you are gonna get one, but I mean, they yeah. didn't pull it from the store officially now. Um, yeah, I mean, but. I mean, because you, I mean, you're playing it on a nice PC, and I was watching one YouTuber who's like, you know, um, uh, LO Hounds, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, I got a great PC setup, and I got a, probably a better PC setup than most people, and I still run into a lot of issues with it, 
Um, hmm. A lot of frames dropping, everything like that. He was showing a whole compilation of himself playing it. And it was like, damn, I mean, wow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, this has just if, been if, kind of If a, a person a with that nice of PC setup still can't play the game, then you done fucked up CD Projekt Red. Yeah, I, I feel bad. Because, like, my experience so far has been great. I'm not going to hold you. Hmm. I, I don't know. I just haven't really been running into that many problems, and I don't think my PC setup is that spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the the bugs that I've run into are the fun bugs, like the uh, the sliced off arm dancing to uh, the club music um, type of bugs. <laughs> nothing like nothing right. too drastic, unfortunately. But uh, to my knowledge, the reason why they um, so. The whole refund scandal was weird because like CD Projekt Red announced that you guys can get a refund if you're playing on like a, a Sony console, but they never talked to Sony about the <laughs> refund. So Sony was like, nah, we're keeping our money. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I don't know about you, <laughs> but we're keeping our money. Uh, so I feel like that probably had a part in them uh, pulling just the game in total. Mm. So they gotta oh, yeah. figure out whatever the hell they're gonna do with the refund money. Mm. So when CD Projekt Red said like we gonna give a refund, Sony went like, "Who is this we?" Yeah, uh, we. You speaking French now? Yeah, speaking French now. Nani. Yeah. Just like Nani the fuck. Yeah, they they really dropped the ball they, they honestly low-key this should have just been a pc exclusive <clears throat> or next exclusive <laughs> well yeah i mean josh how, how how's it how's it running have you been playing it since we last talked about it yeah i've been playing a little bit i haven't really run into any real big issues anything like that it's fine for me uh i'm not that deep into it though i'm only like a couple few hours into it so i'm not that deep into it though hmm um, I've been doing some side missions and stuff like that, but mm. uh, yeah, same. And, and so, yeah, so I, I mean, I haven't run into any real major issues, um, so nothing on my end. But I mean, I'm not, like I say, I'm still fresh into the game. Uh, but so I, I haven't seen any like crazy, crazy things like like people like I've seen clips of people hit cars and they go all the way up in the air <laughs> and they fly up in the air like when they bump into something or. You know, like like they'll fall through the like map and like just completely be in like no man's land. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, also this kind of being, I was expecting more GTA, not more so Fallout, which was also another mm. thing I was a little little disappointed by. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it. I mean, this is I think this is something they definitely should have just probably just went like. We needed to wait till next year again. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, because you might, I mean, it'd be better to have a game that's polished and late than a game that's late and unpolished and yeah. doo doo. I mean, you know what I mean? Just, just doo doo. Yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, it's yeah better, I feel like this know. is a game that uh, if they delayed it again, they'd have the initial reaction. God damn it, when are we going to get the game? But mm-hmm. now yeah. seeing it with the amount of bugs it has with all the performance issues it's having on the the last gen consoles i feel like they should have just delayed it again and worked out all the bugs yeah yep yep that would have been that would have been better that would have been smart 
and probably treated their uh, employees a little bit better because they made them crunch for this and it's still very yeah. buggy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All that crunch for a bunch of bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Um, also, another uh, big news story coming out. Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, you know, just had his very big, you know, Les Grossman moment, you know, <laughs> against a crew that, that weren't following COVID guidelines um, and completely heated. Um, you all probably have heard the audio already. If not, we're going to clip it in uh, to the show. Um, if we can, uh, if we don't get straight down now, I uh, don't want to get like a, you know, one of those copyright strikes or anything like that. Cause, don't want to piss know, off the apparently they trying to send people. Yeah, they yeah. trying to send people to jail now for for copyright strikes now. So, <laughs> you know, they they trying to work on that. So, yeah. you know, don't want to be in, don't don't want to be you, in prison for. If you see us drinking fresca, you know what happened. Uh, actually, and then Lee if Remini, see a bunch uh, of the ads she for came Fresca out. pop up during this show, <laughs> then you know what happened. <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, and Lee Remini, uh, she came out, and Lee Remini, she used to be a part uh, of Scientology, and now she kind of, you know, she's made a big coming out against it and written books about it and her experiences and, you know, how it's a bad thing and everything like that. And um, she said that... Uh, you know that the the rant was you know kind of staged it was for public relations um that you know he's kind of got uh, uh you know anger issues period you know what i mean things like that so i don't know i mean i don't know how much to 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 buy into that you know but just speaking you know just about this situation and just from you know what we know so far um, about you know this whole situation and so many people you know not following guidelines and people do things like that will wear a mask but they'll wear it below their nose and that's just like you know you got the dick nose thing going on. <laughs> um, it's like you might as well just not even have it on at that point. You know, yeah. you, just, you might as well just say fuck it. You know, not even have it on at that point. But because um, you're still breathing like, it. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean you're still breathing in. You know, yeah. you know, like yeah, you're still you're still breathing it in. You know. Uh, but yeah, uh, but it, it was, I mean, on, on my list of celebrity rants, um, I don't know. It's not, it's not Mel Gibson. Uh, it's not Christian Bale, uh, on the set of Terminator. Um, it's not Dennis Quaid, um, on the set. Like, um, the Dennis Quaid was funny too. Dennis Quaid was, I like Dennis Quaid. That was up there too. Yeah. Like he called somebody, uh, Dopey the Dickhead. <laughs> like, That's hard uh, to like, beat. Like, That's yeah, he called somebody, you know. And plus, uh, you know Tom Cruise be kind of stiff, so I don't think he has the comedic timing to pull any of those lines off. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's how you know what somebody's really mad and comes like this. This fucking dopey the dickhead over here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this in my fucking eye line, you know. Uh, but I always, I always laugh at Christian Bale's one. Like that one always gets me. I always just watch, I always listen to that just regularly, <laughs> yeah. you know, just because to, I, I love. You're gonna turn your fucking lights down. Whenever you're in a bad mood, just look that up. <laughs> yeah. Nice it little like, shot here, of here It is legendary. In retrospect, it's <laughs> yeah. even funnier because it was on the set of Terminator Salvation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's over here thinking that this is going to be like a full art movie, acting he like just, it's like the next Oscar came, bait. He just came from <laughs> Batman, so I understand how he would think that. Fair, fair. Yeah. yeah. 
it's, it's just that that one was really good. Yeah. So if anybody hasn't seen that, I, I recommend looking that up. Like it was it was funny. Like um, when he said like uh, you know uh, uh, like here's this guy la da 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 in the <laughs> fucking background. I can't fucking focus on my shot. You know, in my fucking eye line. Like Jesus Christ! Like wow! I mean, which I mean, I guess if I mean you try to do something, you hear somebody, you see somebody in the corner of your eye doing yeah, something that is distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, and, you're you're an actor, and supposedly that was one of the more dramatic scenes in in the in the movie. And Christian Bale, he's already fucking insane. I mean, you don't <laughs> lose like like half your body mass weight and then gain it back in muscle over the course of like two years and not have a screw loose in your head yeah plus like being on set i those days are long Mm. so i can understand not only just the pressure of it uh of the movie being on you but also just like just the irritation of just like working 12 hours and uh potentially even more Mm. um so yeah like I, I i get i get where all these rants come from mm. to some degree yeah uh but still just don't be a dickhead <laughs> yeah but but I, I feel like with uh, covid19 safety precautions yeah mission impossible it's it's a it is a that franchise is tom cruise's baby he's been producer yeah. on it since the jump i think and uh, they're one of the few uh, movies that are in production that have been following the the new COVID safety guidelines, and they've already had to shut down a, a once or twice a couple weeks ago. They had to shut down for I think a week, and with Tom Cruise, he has millions of dollars invested in this project, especially uh, 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 implementing all these safety protocols. And when people violate, if one case goes. Uh, pops up on the set of that then it spreads like wildfire and they have to shut down yeah. again and that's going to cost millions of dollars and cost a lot of people their jobs most likely because with mission impossible that's a huge production there's potentially two three hundred people on set daily working yeah i mean yeah i mean this i mean there's a lot of jobs attached to these movie productions. A lot of people who feed their, like I said, feed their families. You know, they depend on these type of productions. And if one case happens, boom, that's it. That's all it takes, you know, for the whole thing to get shut down and for them to wait and do all this other stuff. So, you know, like, like, yeah, I mean, it's a serious thing. It's a serious situation, you know. And, um, you know, obviously he takes it very seriously. Um also, I mean, he should. Sounds like he should be a little bit more calmer. I mean, apparently he's dating Haley Atwell. Like that's a rumor, I guess. But if I mean, if I'm dating Haley Atwell, I got no fucking problems in the world. Ain't nothing gonna stress me out. I mean, it's, it's fucking Haley Atwell here. I'm, I'm, I'm potentially dead. I'm like, I, I, I ain't got nothing stressing me out here. Okay, but I mean, but he's just trying to get back home with Haley. That's probably what this, the issue. This, this rant to me. She's on set. Do, this rant to me, it doesn't sound like this is the first time it's happened. Yeah, I feel like he's yeah. like yeah. tried to like put on the interview persona, trying to say calmly, uh, "Excuse me, man, you mind uh, pulling your mask up? You mind uh, like uh, standing six feet apart?" And I feel like this rant yeah. was recorded after like one too many of those conversations. Yeah, yeah, because there's he, no he, context. Like he called out people specifically. There's no like real. Uh, you can't really tell from that clip alone whether or not he was being a dickhead or not. But I do think that yeah. with the context of, all right, 
these guys are not following these very serious pandemic protocols that can get us all fucked. I do understand the frustration. And I don't, I don't, I see some people reading into it like saying, hey, uh, Scientology bullshit and uh, saying that this is uh, a part of like their weird power dynamics or whatever. But like, nah, 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 there's a fucking pandemic. Uh, take it seriously. Um, yeah. And like, I, you should be able to simp- uh, uh, empathize with where he's coming from. Mm. Yeah. For this one time, <laughs> in this one moment. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like you said, this, like you said, this doesn't sound like the first time it's it's happened because he he called. It sounded like he called out people specifically. And it's like you and you two and you two. Mm-hmm. And you, and you three, and you four. I'm fucking sick of it. Tired of it. Going home. So it sounded like he was like really pointing out people specifically that and were like doing he, this. And like, uh, uh, and like he at one point in the rant said, look, I will listen to your fucking logic. And if I don't like it, you're fucking gone. Mm-hmm. So like your so, reason for, uh, for not wearing the mask. Because uh, I remember like listening to a to a nerdist interview with him a couple years ago, and he was like talking about um, how when he's on a set, he pretty much knows everybody's jobs. Mm. Like he he knows down to how to set up the lights, how to set up the camera, down to to costuming and all that. He knows pretty much everybody's job. So mm. any like justification for why they wouldn't be uh, following the protocols, I feel like he has a workaround for it already. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's. I mean, he's he's a professional. I mean, he, yeah. He puts man, a lot into it. I mean, he's been a, a movie star business. for like forty years. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, fifty-eight years old. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Almost sixty. Wow. Holy crap. Shit, if Scientology uh, makes me look that good into my 60s, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. The power of, uh, of Xenu. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they suck the blood of youth. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta give me some of that. If, if that's what it's been, well, I'm, uh, maybe Scientology ain't so bad, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's not such a bad thing. Maybe it's not so uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do worse. But you could to, join Kenneth Copeland's church. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and, and look and look at the the, the fucking creature from the mask. And things <laughs> and give him all your money for nothing. <laughs> he'll, he'll like put your he'll like put his hand on you and then you get COVID and then no uh, he'll, he'll be like no he'll he'll blow the wind oh yeah of yeah God. yeah <laughs> the wind he'll of blow COVID you. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so and you'll pay uh, him for it. In- Um, all right so let's get into our first review uh gonna discuss the mandalorian um it's the season finale of season two um you know this is what it's all culminating to uh from this eight episodes uh and did you like the length of this episode chase because i know you said you wanted a nice big you know grand finale for this was the proper length for you this time around 46 honestly I didn't even check the the length. How how long was it again? Uh, forty six minutes. Okay, cause it it felt like it felt very quick, even though it was you know a yeah, longer episode. It did. But yeah, I it was just cause like I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, I feel There's like a lot this going is, on. Yeah, this is uh, one of the most action heavy episodes, and it has, and the pacing on it is just incredible. It's just yeah. it moves yeah, so fast. It, 
but it never feels yeah. like it's rushing. Yeah, because by the time the the came to the end of the episode, I was like, oh, it's over already. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, because it, it was moving by. Like, yeah, with the with the ending of this, it feels like it just kind of abruptly cuts off. But I have no problem with the ending, really. I, yeah. yeah, I kind of, I kind of get it, um, especially with the moment that happens. I, I kind of get why it cuts there. Is uh, yeah. well, y- you can go into the uh, full uh, summary synopsis, Josh, before before we just straight up spoil everything. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. So. Um episode um they're going to go rescue uh baby yoda uh mando boba fett um but first they they like i think i think you two predicted it they were going to get uh bo katan um and the other fellow uh, mandalorian koska uh, reeves uh who's played by um the wrestler um sasha rose um and sasha so they're going to get those the the eight <laughs> sasha banks i'm sorry sasha uh, sasha banks sorry about that um, and they were going to get her, uh, the, both of them, to come and aid them in their mission uh, to help save Baby Yoda. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought uh, the standoff between uh, when you see, like, between when Boba Fett meeting the other uh, Mandalorians and things like that, um, I thought that was a little cool. Um, yeah. Sasha, Sasha Banks, not very strong actor. I, I mean, you know what I mean? I, I see why she got very little lines in her She's first appearance in, the, in her sure. first episode. Oh, we say she's better than Gina Carano, I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a low bar. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're possibly. Both, uh, they're both just there to fight. I feel like they're on the same. <laughs> yeah, level. yeah. We're not. We're not. We're uh, not expecting Oscar-worthy lines from them. We're, right. we're just expecting uh, them to be good action set pieces. I feel like they need to yeah. work with like uh, James Gunn or Steven Soderbergh uh, to get a good performance out of them. Um, it's interesting. Um, and then like anytime you have a wrestler in anything, they have to do a wrestling move. Like it's like contractually obligated. I don't know, <laughs> but anytime you have a wrestler in anything, it's like they got to do something. So you know, it's like you know, you got to do a body slam or a suplex or uh, uh, something like that. So this time she did a, a wrestling move, like uh, where she suplexed him onto a table and things. I'm like, oh my god. Well, why else Shoot, would you hire her? <laughs> yeah, and also, and also, you know, speaking I just of, I love that little skirmish because yeah. you're not just having a straight up fight scene between two characters. You're using all of like those Mandalorian weapons. You're they're using mm. the jetpacks. They're using the the grapple hook. They use the flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. just a very uh, like fun toolbox you get when you design action scenes with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was a nice action scene. I just thought, I mean, it, it's just that that's always a thing. Like anytime a wrestler's in anything, they always have to do some wrestling move, some you know thing that's like, oh, you be like they're wrestlers, and then you gotta <laughs> they gotta do wrestling move to know that they're a wrestler. It's like I get it. I know she's a wrestler. I know. What did you expect? Uh, <laughs> you know, I just I just expected something a little like just not to be so. You expected to do re- something different, basic. like some jujitsu or something. <laughs> like she's a wrestler. I just expected not to be so basic is just to use like that you know what i mean like just try not to be so basic that's all okay. i'm saying you wanted a box next uh, time <laughs> you know some some creative you know something okay. like you know some you can get floyd mayweather but i don't know how he'd be able to read the script 
<laughs> you just you just have you just you just read it to him like they did with uh, Chris Tucker allegedly. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that was just like a little small thing. Um, and uh, also seeing, I mean, Boba Fett in the Mando suit. I didn't see it at first, um, but I mean, I, I do kind of see it now a little bit. He does kind of look like the giant chicken from Family Guy. Like, <laughs> giant chicken was Boba Fett in the Star Wars special a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he look a little he look, rocking that dad bod. <laughs> yeah, he looking a little thick. He looking a little thick. You know, but I appreciate it. You know, he's got the, and you know his Mandalorian armor. Um, hey, I don't know how did he matter. buff. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and he got that buffed out nice. Got that nice looking looking spit shine clean. Mm-hmm. You know, put some shoe polish on there. You know, <laughs> really looking nice. Good for him. You know, got looking nice. Got looking pristine again. Um, so yeah, um, so that was just like a small thing, the fight sequence there, but they both agreed to, uh, help, uh, Mando and Boba Fett, uh, go after, uh, Baby Yoda, and especially a lot of it, uh, for Bo-Katan is the reason that Moff Gideon is there, and also he has a dark saber, something that she wants, uh, something that's a prized possession of Mandalore, um, so that's also a big reason, so, um, them invading the ship, um, um, with the characters there, I just thought a lot of that was entirely very too easy. Mm. Um, I thought they just, again, they just run through these stormtroopers like no problem, no issue. Um, there's even a moment it's also where also uh, So that's yeah, kind of like I mean, a motif in Star Wars how like easy it is to run through them. Yeah, I mean, it's just like this is no resistance. I mean, there's even a moment where, um, the, you know, she's reloading her weapon. And she's literally just standing there, just standing there reloading a weapon, and they can't even, Gina Carano is, and they can't even fire on her right there. I'm like, Jesus, you can at least nick her in the shoulder. I mean, damn, she's, <laughs> she's reloading a weapon right in front of you, man. Come on. I mean, you, you, you gotta be kidding me I here. mean, that would you break know, Star but, Wars I mean, continuity they, with a stormtrooper being able to hit something. That would break <laughs> continuity. It would break Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. No, I you mean, a stormtrooper see... hit something... Um, in Return of the Jedi, he hit uh, uh, Princess Leia. Stormtrooper <laughs> did. He hit for dramatic Jedi. effect, for the sake of the story. That could have been for the sake of the story. Hit hit her in the shoulder. Do something. She's reloading a weapon, man. I feel like Gina Carano. She might have like a Vin Diesel or a Jason Statham deal, like with Fast mm-hmm. and Furious. It's like, look, my character always has to look like a badass. No mm-hmm. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like she might have that deal. She had a kind of a good scene, I thought, um, before they invade the ship and they um, steal this other Imperial ship um, containing the the doctor from who does the experiments, who does the the cloning experiments and things like that. Yeah, the doctor Um, who's played by uh, Discount Riz Ahmed. (laughs) Yeah, he does look a lot like Riz Ahmed a lot. Uh, I I just noticed that, yeah, he kind of does. Um, and that was an interesting exchange between her and the Imperial uh, officer, like, you know, how much kind of zealots these, you know, kind of these Empire people are, you know what I mean? Especially from, like, a, a lower-level guy like that, uh, typically. Um, you know, and it, it goes back to the episode with Bill Burr, you know, how much passionate they are about the Empire, what gets mm-hmm. these people, um, you know, so kind of into the empire like what's the big selling point for them and it kind of delves a little bit more into that a little bit more and the fact that of you know him saying like well hey you know i lost people too i mean you know you blew up 
you know these different Death Stars and so many other you know millions of people that are on the base too. Uh, you know, so that I thought that was a very nice, interesting exchange uh, there uh, between her and, and the Imperial officer. I thought that was very good. I thought that was kind of one of a better scene from her uh, there. Um, but when they're invading the ship um, and just mowing through all these stormtroopers, um, and they uh, finally uh, Moff Gideon deploys the uh, the the robots there that are these you know that we've seen you know before that we were teased. That we saw clips of clips of uh, before in previous episodes. Now we see them fully in action. Uh, what did you think about the robots? Because I didn't think they looked all that w good. I thought they looked very much like Doctor Who, very something much from like Doctor Who, um, like early I, Battlestar Galactica from the Sci-Fi Network. I had fun with them. I, I really dug it. the design of them. They're kind of like uh, uh, the an upgraded version of the super battle droids from uh, from Attack of the Clones. Of those uh, yeah. big hulking gray ones that they could have made like actually really cool in that movie but they didn't because <laughs> it was lucas and i feel like this is like the natural progression of them and especially the one fight scene he has with mando i was getting a lot of flashbacks to uh the first terminator and just how <laughs> like that thing would not stop coming and how none yeah. of his weapons would yeah. work until the beskar staff yeah and I like the uh, the subtle hint that he would have to use the West, the Beskar staff when um, the uh, what is it? What was droids called again? I can't even remember. You know the battle droid, what? whatever. Oh, what are those droids troopers. called? The what'd you say? Oh, dark troopers. When the dark trooper picked up Mando and he starts punching at his helmet <laughs> repeatedly, <laughs> that... but not like. Not like leaving a scratch though. That's when not I realized, yo, scratch. wait. For a second, I didn't notice it not having any impact until I saw behind him. It was like dense in yeah. the wall. Yeah, like the wall oh, was like falling apart behind him and everything. <laughs> That's when I was like, oh, wait, yo, you got to pick up the staff, bro. That's the key. Like, holy shit, Mando's getting it was... a little derpy. It was crazy how much he punched him in the face, but then when he took off his helmet, mm. it had no scars on his face at all i expected like at least like his nose to be busted or mm. black eye or something like that but it was like nothing was wrong with his face yo that pure vescar man yeah i guess so he must yeah. got some like some, good, good shock absorbing material in that uh <laughs> that yeah. Beskar uh, somebody like, said like that Beskar is like a g-shock <laughs> yeah. somebody said Beskar armor i guess is just like the the vibranium of star wars i guess it's just <laughs> yeah, this pretty much perfect metal yeah, I could just it's just it's just amazing. It can, it can do everything. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like you know, you can brush your teeth with with Beskar <laughs> probably, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Never get uh, a cavity ever, yeah. ever again. Somebody tries to so punch it, you in the in the mouth, and they break their hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, got that nice yeah, full on Quavo mouth. <laughs> just all that Beskar in the mouth. Yeah. That's you imagine mouth. a Beskar grill? That'd be intense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be that'd go hard right there. <laughs> That's like the ultimate uh, flexor. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I I wasn't too big on the design of the dark troopers. Um, I I didn't think I think you know for a show that has such really really great special effects, I thought that was kind of one of the weaker ones I've seen from Mandalorian. Uh, like when it comes to the ships, when it comes to the planets, the aliens, designs, everything. I mean, it all looks really really good. It actually all looks like really in the scene that you see it in this one i don't think so much uh so 
but you know, um, I like the the whole uh, takedown of the the Dark Trooper with the uh, Beskar staff. I thought that was pretty cool. That was really nice. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Mando uh, has a nice one on one with uh, Moth Gideon, uh, which mm -hmm. was a nice one on one. Good fight scene. Um, you know, Beskar versus the Dark Saber. That was really well done. Well done fight thought. scene, and I I just love that uh, slow build up to the actual fight because yeah. Uh, because initially, uh, it's just Gideon holding the saber over Baby Yoda. He's like, yeah, I just wanted his blood. You can take him. Like, I'm done with him. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then, so, like, as, so, as typical Empire, as soon as his back so, is back, yeah! <laughs> so, do you guys think that he knew that the Veskar would, would block it? Because I feel like he didn't. <laughs> well... I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he did. I mean, I mean, he's a, he is a pretty smart guy. I would assume he yeah. knows a lot about Mandalorians mm -hmm. and about them and their culture and their people. I mean, I just, I mean, what else are you gonna do? I yeah, mean, he wouldn't just, just hack yeah, away. I he guess. wouldn't uh, keep the dark saber without knowing uh, what that means to Mandalorian culture, and he has an intimate knowledge of uh, what Beskar metal can do because I feel like the dark troopers were made out of that stuff. Just given how it, it was pretty much immune to like their blasters and pretty much all of Mando's weapons, how they did nothing except the Beskar. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an interesting point, but something happens towards the end of the episode um, that makes me think not Pure not they're not made Beskar. Out of Beskar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's true. That's that very metal. true. Um, so it makes me think. So we're going to get to that in a little bit real quick. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, very, very nice thing. Like I said, he knows intimate knowledge, uh, Moff Gideon does, of the Mandalorian, of their culture, of their people. Like, you know, the whole thing with the dark saber and the tradition of it and the whole ritual behind it and everything like that. The history, the lore. So it seems like he would know Beskar Armin knows that it, it can't really be, you know, penetrated by just, you know, lightsabers pretty much. So, but I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you hack away. Maybe you get lucky. Um, and not all of them is Beskar armor. He's got some vulnerable parts there, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So you just kind of hack away. Um, it's like when people, like in Luke Cage, it's like firing guns, and he's like, well, you know that's not going to do nothing. He was like, well, we got to try. I mean, you know, we got to do something. I mean, that's you know, what do you want us to do? You know what I mean? I mean, like, we got a job. Come on, man. They got to know we tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got to do something, you know, like, okay, you know. So maybe we get lucky, yeah. Maybe we fire a bullet up your ass. I don't know. Maybe we get lucky. <laughs> something could happen. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of just my reason behind why he did it. Um, and the whole, you know, like I said, him, then he finally defeats Moff Gideon, brings him to Bo-Katan. Um, and there's a specific reason why Bo-Katan wanted to bring her, him in herself. And as we learn that the whole story of the Darksaber um, and the, the lore behind it is the person has to win it in trial by combat. And that's the only way you can get the Darksaber. Um, you can get it no other way. the Saber. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't yield. The other person can't yield. They can't just sacrifice it. You got to win it in a trial and by I like, And I like that they had those moments because those were kind of going through my head the second that they had, they mentioned, yeah, the saber has to be won in trial by combat. Mm. And I, yeah. and I like how, just how tense that scene is throughout because you can see Bo-Katan just running it in her head. Oh <laughs> shit. Am I going to have to kill Mando? <laughs> Yeah, um, so that that's something interesting to see next season. Um, yeah. See what we're gonna see. 
um, and and how that situation develops. Um, no, it's like every every single leap of every single logical thing you could say is like, all right, why didn't he just give her the saber? All right, if you just give it, then she's a false leader. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, I yeah. yield. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Now I I do wonder what they'll do, um, because you know the show is called The Mandalorian, and although he's a foundling. You know, he still follows the, uh, well, it, it's a cult, but still follows the code and the, and the culture and associates himself with Mandalorian. So I do wonder if, you know, if he himself is going to have to go back to Mandalore and be the guy. Maybe he's not a ruler or anything because he's obviously not suited to rule, but maybe because he has the Darksaber now, he might uh, make an effort to take back Mandalore for her. Mm. And, and I think that I think and let's I think not, all that will be interesting. And let's not pretend that uh, someone becoming a reluctant leader isn't already a trope in Star Wars. True. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it. I mean, don't you? Do you think with Bo-Katan? I mean, like being a person who, when they first met Mando, she criticized him for his strict beliefs in man. In like the the like she said the the. The people that he follows and he listens to are very much a religious cult. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was a little bit like, you know, her following these rich, strict, rigid rules of how to get the light, the dark saber, was kind of hypocritical in the way that she talked to him about these rules of like, hey, I don't take off my helmet, I don't do this. Like, that's not the true Mandalorian way. Like, do you think that, well, that, that kind of conflicted what she said in previous episodes about criticizing him? I mean, uh... I mean, I mean, no. Uh with uh, like the criticism of him a lot of that was because that was a extremist cult sect yeah. of mandalore with the dark saber that's like deeply rooted in their culture it's like uh, even uh even the like main uh, people believe in that it's like how all sections of christianity essentially believe in the ten commandments yeah i like to think of the mandalorians as like space spartans and they have mm. and because they're they're a warrior people, regardless. Right. They have their extremists, like, you know, the, the cult that Mando is a part of. Mm. But, you know, they're to the core, they are warriors. Mm. So I, I'm not surprised that the reason why the Darksaber is so important is because it has to be won by a warrior. You know? I feel like that's the only way you really bring up a, a warrior culture together is by somebody who could truly fight <laughs> and, and like even uh even yeah. gideon says in one line is like it's not the saber that brings the power it's the story behind it yeah yeah i love that line and i'm glad that it didn't get to a trial by combat because we all know how pedro pascal did in his last trial by combat Oof, don't remind me he <laughs> won that <laughs> he just had to stop talking he won that <laughs> It frustrates, oh, it frustrates me every time I think about Oberyn. He literally had that oh. in the bag and folded yeah. and got squashed. He was squashed. One, of the best characters, one of the best characters in the show, too. Yeah, easily. Shame. Within eight episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to deal with his terrible daughters. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> But, but anyway, mo moving on from that disappointing uh, thing they did with the Sand Snakes and the whole storyline there. But uh, uh, and, and Game of Thrones. And, uh -huh. 
And the fact that George R. R. Martin still has not finished those books. Even in the quarantine, he has still not finished those books. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't never going to finish them books, boy. Uh, but, but yeah, so I, I, thought, I thought that was very uh, a good scene um, with Bo-Katan and, and Mandalorian and, and with Moff Gideon about just the whole history of this saber. So it set up some conflict in season three, build up that a little bit more. Um, and so, and the big thing about this episode, thing we're coming to, obviously, you know, if you've seen it, um, uh, Luke Skywalker, he comes in, um, Luke. and yeah, um, and when I saw the, the, the black outfit, the green saber, I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, don't do this. Don't, no, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's Ahsoka Tano. Maybe she, maybe she did something and maybe, maybe she switched up lightsabers. Maybe don't, don't do this. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. And I, when you. I thought it was gonna be. I thought they were going to fake it out to make it seem like it was gonna be Luke, but it couldn't be yeah. Luke. Like obviously, it, it there, there's not enough CGI in the world for it to be Luke. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, it turns out it was him. Um. And he um obviously just stepped off of the set of Polar Express. Um. <laughs> you know, takes off the hood. Um. They. I don't think they still got it right. Still very dead it, high. I mean, I think it was an odd choice to go a CG Luke Skywalker, especially considering that Sebastian Stan is on Disney's payroll. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. Disney show. He's too uh, big yeah. to be to be Luke, though. Like musk yeah, muscle. Cover him up in them robes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, because like. And he's actually done cosplay for Luke Skywalker, and he actually does look a lot like a young Mark Hamill. Mark like Hamill side by side Hamill pictures. himself has like called out Sebastian Stan. He's like, son. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks. I mean, there's people have done side by side things. They do look a lot alike. You know, and very very similar. Yeah. So now, you could have just put him as there. I think the voice was okay. I I gave them a pass on the face. Like, I just I just. I was really? I was too hyped I was too hyped by the fact that they that they even had the balls to do it to bring mm-hmm. Luke in because from a story standpoint I feel like Luke is the one that has the most uh, it makes the most story sense for Luke to be the one to teach Grogu mm. or Baby Yoda you know yes mm-hmm. yes uh, uh, at at this point in canon he is the most powerful Jedi and mm. even if the uh, CG face wonkiness aside, that is, god damn it, that is the Luke from the Legends canon. That is the yeah. Jedi Master Luke. Yeah. That's the Luke that we wanted to see mm-hmm. in uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I mean, uh, I mean, we've seen them do this type of technology before um, in Star Wars properties. We've seen them uh, did it in Rise of Skywalker in a brief scene where you saw like a young Leia, lung, young Luke. Mm, true, uh, but we in, saw them uh, do it in... in Rise of Skywalker. I feel like it worked better. Also, with uh, at least with uh, Princess Leia's uh, uh, character, they had Billy Lord, uh, her daughter, do the like uh, actual physical performance for her. So I feel like it would be mm. easier to map uh, map Carrie Fisher's face on there. Mm-hmm. With this, I don't know how they uh, how they did it and it just it looks like the face is just floating outside the body. <laughs> yeah. Cuz like I mean when he was talking it's like he just had such a dead eye stare that he wasn't even looking at Mandalorian really. It was like he was looking just out in space. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so it was kind of it was kind of kind of weird looking sometimes. But um, yeah, so they done it in Rise of Skywalker. Um, they did it in um, Rogue One with Tarkin. Um, that, uh, I will say this: it works better here than it did with Tarkin in uh, in Rogue One because mm-hmm. it's on for so much less time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's like, not a central Tarkin, character. <laughs> I think that's because when Tarkin. Uh, first came in in Rogue One and you saw him because it was from it was like you saw his back it was in darkness so it's like hey that actually looks pretty good like that doesn't actually look too bad and then he started going yeah and then he starts going on and on and on and it's like oh uh, no Uh, no thank you you know what I mean like but but when it was a little bit of him there it actually looked kind of good but you know it just kept going Um, and so um, you know, aside from the, you know, just kind of the, the face aside from Luke Skywalker, I, I mean, it was, I mean, like you said, from, it was Luke Skywalker from the Legends canon, um, uh, you know, just him being this all-powerful person, um, completely just decimating all the the dark troopers, you know, so that's why, I'm, what makes me think he, <clears throat> it wasn't Beskar armor, because he wouldn't be able to do that so easily well, with his lightsaber. It, it was pure Beskar armor. Oh, it was it was the Beskar like, armor they, they ordered from Wish. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Beskar is like limited. There's like a limited supply of it, so they have mm. to like pick and choose where they use it. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's like diluted enough to to handle most blasters that most infantry would carry. That makes sense. Mm. It, it's it's not pure. The, it's uh... this is the Empire. They this is like a. A galactic military, so they're gonna buy stuff mm-hmm. on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. they got that they, spike they best guy. <laughs> yeah, obviously they get their stormtrooper armor from like the Lego division or some shit like that. They they, mm-hmm. they, they get their shit from goddamn Wayfair or something like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, IKEA ass armor they got. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah, maybe they, it's it's like this you know rip off Beskar armor that that is not the top quality. Like you said, it is limited. It is rare. Um, yeah, so that, that could be a good reason. But yeah, I mean, that was cool seeing him pop up, use his abilities, the force, um, all that stuff. For a minute, for a slight second, I thought maybe it could have been the character from Jedi Fallen Order, maybe. I was like, maybe it could uh, be him. I, I thought that'd that be a nice kind of too, surprise. But then I saw like a color image of the lightsaber color. So it was either going to be Luke or it was going to be uh, Ezra Bridger from, uh, from yeah. uh, Rebels. Yeah. And Rebels. I feel like with the way like the second they started the whole reveal um i knew if he was going to be hooded it couldn't be ezra because mm. they 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 want us to be shocked by who we see yeah and the average person isn't going to be shocked unfortunately by who <laughs> if it was ezra really they'd be also, like they'd ezra, be like oh think, it's also ezra. ezra never really wore a uh, a hood mm-hmm yeah. Also, there's rumors. No, but I'm talking about I'm talking about people who haven't who haven't watched the cartoons because mm. I'm just now getting into the cartoons. Oh. Ah, okay. And you know, so I'm really not that familiar with him. So if I had seen like a aged up actor play him, I probably would have been like, "Who's that man?" <laughs> Until he said his <laughs> name. Like, uh, from uh, from uh, Blind Manor, just jumped in and played Ezra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean yeah that was that was yeah that was yeah Ezra that could have been a nice little kind of fake out probably it mm. him or yeah but she's like you say he's not known for, he he doesn't wear hoods so that could have been a thing 
and and you got to have something for Ahsoka Tano to do in her series. Finding probably that's probably one of her big things in her series is going to be finding Ezra, finding Admiral Thrawn, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be and, one of the big things. Her series. Maybe eventually running into Luke and seeing Grogu's uh, training from there on. Man, I probably, just wish maybe. I just wish that they could redcon the new trilogy already because. Now that Grogu is with uh, Luke, it's kind of setting up like, hey, is, Shit, is Kylo going to kill Grogu? <laughs> yeah, is he dead in the new really? trilogy? I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, maybe maybe Baby Yoda found a way out. He found his way out True. last time. Maybe he did <laughs> True. Yeah. He does have a way of uh, sneaking mm-hmm. out of uh, he doesn't Order 66s. He doesn't have anything <laughs> calling him saying, look, man, you were always nice to me. Don't come to the temple tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he got Kylo um, to do the same for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it was an emotional moment um, seeing Mandalorian say goodbye to Baby Yoda. That was a very emotional moment. He took off his helmet, mm-hmm. looked into his eyes, you know, for the first time, you know, with his, you know, just seeing his face. I thought that that was a very sweet moment. Um, yeah. I thought. Um, and uh, I thought it was a little overkill bringing in R two D two. I thought that was a little overkill. Yeah, I, I feel like the moment. <laughs> I, I, I thought the Luke the thing was already, already overkill without bringing in R two. I, I feel like that was yeah. just like of, it was. Ugh. All right, you gotta on. sell them toys, yeah. man. That that was overkill, man. That's come on, man. Like, come on, you really gonna bring in like R two? I mean, come on, that's a little, that's a little overkill. You gotta sell them uh, toys. But um, yeah, um, and. Uh, so I, th- I thought that was a very nice emotional moment, um, and then you know him just you know it's just like you know he's he, you know he has to get your permission to leave you know that's what he's waiting on. Um, so I thought that was very sweet. Uh, and um, when it came to the final credits, uh, so if, you know they have a, like a nice little stinger. Um, so you know uh, Boba Fett finally gets his revenge. You know he gets his 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 you know redemption. Uh, Wait, they had a stinger. Yeah, there was a stinger. Yeah. Dead ass? Yo, Nick, was there a stinger? Is that joking? Hey, John Favreau's running this yep. show. He's gonna put the post credit stinger. Yo, I totally missed that. What was Ooh. it? Yep. Okay, so <laughs> in this uh, post credit stinger, it's Boba Fett going back to uh, Jabba's palace. And uh, wouldn't you know it, yeah. somebody's. Uh, uh, the. Fuck, I can't remember the character's name, but that guy's taking over the palace and he's running shit now. Yeah. And it and he just ends with the... Fennec Shand and Boba Fett just killing everyone in the temple and Boba sitting yeah. on Jabba's throne. Huh. Yeah, with Ming Nam Wen by his side. Yeah. Um so in it in the and then the final thing was the book of Boba Fett. So they're gonna mm-hmm. do a spin off series called The Book of Boba Fett where he's kinda of being a gangster and kind of run in things um and the character uh nick is talking about is bib uh bib fortuna mm. um he was the dude with like the, the the large tentacle like that was wrapped around his neck that was from his head and shit like that like um so that's that's that character and he put on a lot of weight since uh since we last saw him um <laughs> he been he, he been he, he been eating that's for sure eating good um, yeah hey it's um, easy to eat yeah, good so, when java's not around <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah, so that was like the big stinger at the end and everything like that. So 
Um, I'm excited to see more of Ming-Nan Wen just in Star Wars. Her character, I think, is really good. And, to, and she's also another, like, person who's aging like wine out here, 57 years old. Mm. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, yeah. She's, uh, she's, uh, uh, I don't think she's part of the Church of Scientology. I don't think. Uh, uh, no, nah, this yeah. is good genes. Good genes, yeah. Just good genes, you know. Maybe eating babies, drinking their blood. I don't know. Uh, something, you know. But, yeah. Uh, she's looking great um so i would i'm excited to see them do a series about that gangster type stuff like that boba fett um and he's not yeah he's he's not um uh, i mean his his moral code is is uh, i mean there's some room for some gray area so you could see some more kind of things that maybe pedro pascal's mandalorian we won't see him do that maybe boba fett will do maybe Mm. um so that'd be interesting to see um so uh, you know so overall thoughts on the episode um you know like what did you think about the, this finale 10 out of 10 for me um 10 out i of loved 10. it wow i loved it a lot yeah uh, star wars is back baby nine and a half out of ten <laughs> i agree with you uh it's uh um especially after the third episode this season is kind of knocking it out of the park and the great uh redemptive episode for Peyton Reed. I really liked uh, uh, his direction in this one. Mm. And yeah. I like um, uh, like potential hints of where they're going for season three if the book of Boba Fett is not the third season of Mandalorian. Because even though it feels like uh, his story's done, there's still a lot he can do within this universe. There's like potential of him having a rivalry with Bo-Katan of them uh, going to reclaim Mandalore uh, there's a lot so, of the, there's a lot that can happen yeah so you think so you think that Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian you think they're saying that he's done and they're gonna focus on a new Mandalorian and mm-hmm. Boba Fett and the book of Boba Fett like just gonna move that's, on from him that's focus. My, that was my initial impression seeing the post credit stinger because story-wise, it kind of makes sense. Cause this series has been about uh, um, Din Djarin and his relationship with uh, with uh, baby Yoda. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it'd be very interesting to see what they do, uh, mm. see if they continue it um, with the Pedro Pascal character, um, to see where new directions they can take him uh, without baby Yoda, um, if they can. Uh, but uh, to give my rating for it, um, I give it a seven out of ten, uh, seven and a half out of ten. Um, disappointed by the look of the dark troopers. Uh, I thought the invasion scene um, was was well shot, good action scenes. Um, just no real threat there because of they've just the way they've treated the stormtroopers throughout the entirety of this series, the entirety of this franchise. So it's no real threat. They're just mowing through them. Uh, didn't like the Luke, Luke Skywalker reveal. Um, thought that I was just like that's I just think you know this is supposed to be kind of Mandalorian it's supposed to be you know really its own thing and kind of you know not really so much heavily relying on big other characters from you know the main trilogy like bringing in Ahsoka Tano is like well this is the first live action appearance of her and she's a character from the cartoon and you know so that that was something different um I don't think it's the same as bringing in Luke Skywalker um, and then they bring an R2-D2, and it's just like, oh, man, I mean, that's like, here we go again, um, with all this other stuff and that moment, um, 
But, you know, there, there's some... I, I love the face-off between Mando and Moth Gideon. Thought that was very good. Thought that was very well done. Uh, love the possible setup of what you're going to do with the Bo-Katan and the Darksaber. Like, that continuing. So, and this thing with, with a gangster-type series, criminal, seedy underworld, that type of stuff with Boba Fett, Ming-Nan Wen. I'm, I'm excited to see that. So, um, yeah. So, for me, 7.5 out of 10. Um, all right. So... Um, You're gonna get this video a ton of dislikes. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I just wasn't as hyped about it as as the last season finale. Um, I don't think. Uh, I, I mean, I, there were some good things I liked about it, but like I said, I I, I thought, yeah, I, I just don't think. I mean, there were some good moments, but I just don't think it was all overall uh, overall all that strong. Uh, um but uh so impressions first. for season your... three i've i mean if they just announced that uh that this is the finale for uh din Djarin's mandalorian then i'd be okay with it i feel like his story it, it's kind of wrapped up mm, i can see them pulling him into bo katan's uh Mandalore, uh, taking back Mandalore's story. I feel like they go now that he has the dark saber. Also, Pedro Pascal's back is hurting from carrying Star Wars. <laughs> and now, I mean, well, so with the with the whole thing with him taking off his helmet, I do think that uh, I do think that is significant. Not just because he is acknowledging Baby Yoda. But he also, you know, he let Luke see his face too. So I, I think. Yeah, he let Luke. He um, let Cara Dune. He let everybody in that room see his face. Yeah. So, I think, I think he's gonna join the more. Um, well, what do I call him? Like the, the the regular Mandalorian path, and he might be the guy in the next couple of seasons that helps Bo-Katan take back Mandalore. That's what I. That's where I think they're going with this. Uh, just judging by the title of the of the show being the Mandalorian, I feel like he's gonna rise to be the epitome of what the Mandalorian is supposed to be. Um, and I think that if they do a Boba Fett uh, like centered story, it'll probably be its own spinoff. I wouldn't I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past the mouse to make a shit ton of spinoffs based off of all the characters that they've introduced <laughs> in and out of this show. Mm. <laughs> well, also, they like, are even, doing a even uh, of... Bo-Katan, he, uh, he's she's like critical of Boba because he's not a quote-unquote real Mandalorian, and I like that mm. little tie to Clone Wars. Like, yeah, dude, I've heard your voice thousands of times. Doesn't mm. uh, tie like back that. to Clone Wars because yeah, because I sometimes forget that uh, Tamir Morrison is the template for the clones, and Boba Fett would have the exact same voice as. Like characters like Captain Rex or uh, Fives and Echo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, they're, they're doing a Rangers of the Republic. Um, so probably, I mean, uh, Cara Dune is probably going to be in that. Mm-hmm. More than likely, she's kind of probably have a, a, a big role in that. Probably. Um, you have, of course, the Sokotana spinoff. Um, you're going to have the the Kenobi series. Um, you know, I, I wonder. If, you know that's going to intersect with the Ahsoka Tana series, if they're going to do that. Uh, so, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, they're going, they're already doing, they've got 10 new Star Wars TV shows planned. 
um, you know, they're, they're just they're just printing Star Wars shit. I mean, you know, like, and it's what people kind of did with people criticized them for doing before when they do they were doing the movies. It was like, okay, we're gonna do a Star Wars movie every year. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? You're gonna do one every year? Like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just this big reaction of like, you know, this huge plans of doing all these different trilogies and and then everybody was getting a star wars trilogy david uh, the dude from game of thrones they were getting a star wars trilogy and they <laughs> yeah until the, the, the ryan the johnson game of thrones came out <laughs> yeah and you get a trilogy yeah, they, and you get a trilogy you know everybody, out star wars getting, yeah everybody was getting a star wars trilogy i was getting a fucking star wars trilogy everybody was getting a star wars trilogy yeah you know it's like everybody was getting one yeah i was getting well, what have your so trilogy now, been about what have my trilogy been about? Yeah. Um, I think I would have mainly focused on what they're trying to do, probably with the Rangers of the New Republic, trying to build up like the the after return and the kind of that in between period, and trying to you know fix the the system, the corruption, the, mm. the crime, and, and that elements of there. Probably mm. probably something like that. I would have um, ju- just adapted no. Knights of the Old Republic. Not enough Skywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> I see why they saber. didn't make it. Hey, I see Re- why they didn't pick your trilogies. Hey, Darth Revan is Not such enough Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. I would have had a I would have had a black character in it that wouldn't have been screaming a white woman's name. Ah, uh, <laughs> nah. You see, that's why you didn't get it either. Yeah, not enough Skywalkers, not enough Palpatines, and not enough uh, black men simping. Yeah. Not not enough him screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though Daisy really is perfectly fine to simp for, perfectly fine, mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable woman to simp for. Very, very, you know, just man, that was so much wasted talent, and that's so much wasted talent. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, I'm excited to see the future of the series. Um, see where they go. See what they do. Um, the next Star Wars show that's coming out is. Uh, is is Mandalorian season three coming out first next year or is I yeah it's coming it's out probably not. Then, I think they're both no like, I thought that's that and Book of Boba I think they're like both supposed to come out uh, next year twenty twenty one December really okay yeah because huh. yeah they're filming season three right now I think they said season three of Mandalorian is supposed to come out in December right December next year uh, if I if I remember that correctly. Um, so that's what I heard. So and then the book of Boba Fett, yeah. So you you say Nick, they're, they're supposed to be coming out with that next year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the 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 tease at the very end. It was like Boba sitting on the throne. Then it cuts to black. Then they announced the book of Boba Fett, uh, December twenty twenty one. Oh okay, I didn't see that. Okay, December twenty twenty one. Okay, um, yeah, I didn't see that part. Yeah, okay. So December twenty twenty one. Um, okay. So yeah. So yeah. So they'll probably yeah do that. Um, the Kenobi series is that coming out the year after that, like 2022? Kenobi? Shit, uh, possibly. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, so something it's coming out. It's coming out. All that Star Wars. You you'll get it. You'll know. Uh, you'll know people. Um. So yeah. But yeah, it's it's been nice talking about this weekly. Uh, for sure. Um, the next big one we're probably gonna talk about weekly is the Wandavision series. That's probably gonna talk about that weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot to talk about that every episode. Um, yeah. That's probably going to drive a lot of conversation. Um, yeah. So, uh, how many episodes is that show? Um, uh, that's going to be six episodes. Six episodes. Oh, okay, so that's not bad. Uh, 
Wow. And the budget on that show, $150 million. Wow. Huh. Mm. Just saw that. That is, yeah. Oh, that's impressive. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's probably going to be the next show we talk about People Weekly. Um, all right, so, moving on from discussing The Mandalorian, we're going to discuss Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, this is the film, uh, this is the final live-action performance of Chadwick Boseman. Um, it is currently on Netflix right now. Um, you can check it out. Uh, it also stars Viola Davis. Uh, this is uh, a film <clears throat> that is directed by... Let me get, pull up this. George C. Wolf. Um, and I will say that this is... I think one of the better movies I've seen this year. Mm. Um, and, you know, this is also based on the play of the same name by August Wilson. Um, and the performances alone, I think, really uh, elevate the material to being one of the best movies I've seen this year. Especially coming from Chadwick Boseman, coming from mm. Viola Davis, who just knock it out of the park. Um, and I really I really mean that. Um, I, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm adding more onto it because... Chadwick Boseman has passed away. Um, I think that this is probably the best I've ever seen him in any role. Um, it's the most range he's ever had. Um, I was talking to Chase about it uh, before the show started, and it was like just just the range of stuff he does in this movie, from being the charming Chadwick Boseman that we've seen him to the the serious Chadwick Boseman to, to just like this heartbroken guy in the right. Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is is just. You know, just the different range of emotions he goes through is, is definitely the most I've seen in any film he's ever done. Um, which which was like, wow. I mean, this guy's got real, real, real talent here. Uh, Viola Davis, uh, who plays Ma Rainey, um, great performance, uh, commanding performance. Anytime she's on screen, just the, mm -hmm. the presence she has. I mean, just not only just physically, uh, but uh, uh, just 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 absolute just with her you know presence and and just her emotion uh commanding just everyone around her in her life because she does that woman does not fuck around i mean that woman is, you know she 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 wants what she wants when she wants it and nobody is and nobody's gonna tell her different i mean she's ordering you know white men around like like in the in 20s like it's just nothing you know yeah. what i mean i'm like damn uh you know this is impressive she's telling the police to shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah, right. even 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 yeah, even even the police are scared of her. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know, it's like don't you know we could kill you and get away with it? And it's like, <laughs> you know, not me. I was like, I was like yeah. so tense. I was like, oh shit, this. I was like, but oh, shit, I this gonna turn and goddamn, because Viola Davis is is amazing in this. Yeah, and I just love the sort of the power dynamics that she has personally, because. Um, not to get too much into spoiler territory, um, but she kind of reveals her hand to um, some other characters, or I think it's actually just one other character. Yeah, and, to, uh, and this very, to, uh, and very emotional and very just amazing monologue. Um, and she basically is just like, hey, like, I only have power because of my voice. And. I gotta use it to get what I want when I want it, how I want it, before it, before they they take it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and Ma Remy, um, your real life figure um, in music, um, you know, uh, dubbed the 
mother of the blues, um, very, very you know, influential singer when it came to blues music um, back then in the 20s and, and very much is carried over into modern jazz, modern blues today. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very influential figure. So if you want to you know, check her out, if you're a blues person, you know, you know, that type of person, I recommend checking her out. Uh, and I don't know if it's Viola Davis doing the singing in this movie. Uh, do you know that, Nick, at all? If it's Viola uh, Davis I don't, doing the singing? I don't think it's Viola Davis doing the singing in this. Okay. Um, but uh, the, I love the music of it. Very, very nice. Uh, very well done. Um, it being based on the play... Um, and feels kind of very kind of small scale in a sense so um mm-hmm. don't know if that would be a turnoff for some people because it only takes place in maybe a few locations it takes place mainly in a recording studio yeah. where they're trying to record it doesn't really take place any other place other than a recording studio so uh, it's very small scale in that sense um don't know if that would be a, you know maybe something people wouldn't be into that much um chase what, I, what, what did you think about this? i i liked it a lot i'd compare it to um if you if you like fences, then I think you'd love this. Um, and the original play is written by the same writer, August Wilson. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So now it's all kind of making sense because Denzel is kind of doing this thing because he uh, produced it, if I'm not mistaken, right? He, he produced this. Did, yep. Yes. Yep. Um, so it seems like he's kind of just adapting a lot of different plays um, to movies, which is interesting. Because yeah, you know, you could a, tell. Uh, 10 picture deal with HBO. Hmm. Um, so it's doing a lot of adaptations, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the the budget is mainly spent on making it look amazing. <laughs> on making yeah. the, the setting uh, look realistic to the 20s. The the costume designing is great. Um, I think the camera work is pretty, pretty fine. Um, I, you know, it kind of it's kind of just there to give all the actors their time to really act and, and i think there's a lot of uh i, I loved it I, lo- I think there's a lot of great performances here i don't think there's one bad one in my opinion um yeah i mean even the kid li- even the kid that stutters oh. i felt i felt his emotion come through mm-hmm. so i felt like he uh I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to make some um, changes to my uh, to my uh, top ten of the year just on this movie alone. Uh, yeah, and, um, and just all the performances all around, especially from even from uh, some of the smaller uh, characters in this, like uh, Coleman Domingo, who I just saw in uh, uh, Euphoria as the character Ali, who is like a, a Zdaya's a sponsor in in uh, NA. He's he's amazing in this. Mm, yeah, and there's there's a lot of like veteran, legendary black actors in this. Um, you know, you got uh, Glenn Thurman in this. Um, you know, uh, people might remember he was in Different World. Uh, he played the Army Colonel in that. Uh, he was also in The Wire. Uh, we played the, the the Baltimore Mayor um, in that. Clarence Royce. Um, you also have Michael uh, Potts, who's also in The Wire. Um, he played brother uh, uh, Muzane. Um, he was in that. Um, he was also in True Detective season one. He was the detective that was interviewing Matthew McConaughey's character. Um, he was also very very good in that. Um, so you got a lot of you know veteran you know black actors in this that are you know very very good in this to see them pop up. 
uh, that also round out the cast, uh, who round out the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and it, it's also oh, go ahead. I was I was just gonna say very quickly, it is short. Like so, if yeah. you are not into, if you're not typically into like the more smaller indie uh, films where there's a lot of dialogue, might give this one a chance because it's an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's only yeah, an hour and thirty four minutes. So yeah, very very good watch, quick watch, uh, and at the the monologues. Um, I don't think they ever come off as hammy. They never come off as showy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not something like Hillbilly Elegy. Um, you know <laughs> what I mean? Where, you know, it's like, okay, hey, here's the moments where these characters are going to act. And, and you're going <laughs> to see them acting. And it's going to be triumphant. It's going to be amazing. It's like, you know, here there's just so much emotion behind it. Um, you know, like I said, Ch- Ch- Chadwick Boseman's monologue is really great. Especially seeing the reaction of all the other actors um around him you know i think is is great to watch um in that scene um and yeah i I mean yeah i mean it's one of the better movies i've seen this year um in this in this kind of weird year um and i I would love to see it get nominated um especially viola davis chadwick boseman uh possibly for their performances I, i think you know they would deserve it um you know for it i mean it's very 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 good film uh, very loved it quite a bit. Um, ratings? I think I, I think I could give this a nine. To be honest with you, um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of why I wouldn't give it a ten. Um, but there's just nothing really there for me to pick at it. But for now, I'm gonna say a nine. On second viewing, when you know we do our top ten movies of the of the year, I might go back to it and be like, "Hey guys, this is a 10. <laughs> but for now, I'm gonna just say a nine. Okay. Uh, I feel like uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as you, Chase. This is definitely nine out of ten. Uh, this is one of the rare stage to screen adaptations. It doesn't miss a beat. Uh, this is. Uh, just outside of the performances it's talking so much about how uh, media and the music industry how it appropriates black culture and even down to literally having the final scene a white band play Ma Rainey's songs yeah and just which was so gross <laughs> it, it, I felt gross watching that and especially like uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman his character's whole arc in this in this uh, in this film Mm. And like seeing uh, those, uh, him and Viola Davis, seeing like their different personalities clash is so entertaining to watch. All the monologues in this are incredible. There's so much range and emotion done by everybody. And if this, if Chadwick Boseman doesn't get an Oscar for this, then burn the Academy down. This is not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to touch back with the with how they deal with race here, I think it's. I think it's really amazing that, I mean, yeah, you do kind of have the sort of evil white businessman, but he's not the center focus of the story. It's kind of just how they're dealing with uh, the society of racism as a whole um, that I find very interesting. You get all their different perspectives on it and their philosophies on it. I love that. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because they all have very um, drastically different uh, <laughs> points of views and how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that that is a very good point. We got to bring that up. Yeah, very very good point. Um, yeah, for me, I would give it about the same. Um, nine out of ten. Uh, very very strong film. Very strong performances. Uh, the setting, uh, the costume design, the music is very good. Um, quick watch as well. Out only an hour and a half. It doesn't I don't think overstay its welcome. It's not two and a half hours. It's not. You know, you know, something that just, you know, kind of, you know, it uses its time, it uses its well, it uses its, its very, very well. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me, 9 out of 10, very, very strong film. Um, you know, great film. So, all right, so moving on from discussing that, we're going to discuss The Sound of Metal, um, starring Riz Ahmed, uh, which is the story of a drummer of a metal band who is progressively going deaf. Um, and when you hear the music they play, you go like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, uh, because the movie opens, um, you know, with them playing like this, you know, this small venue. He's banging on these drums as loud as he can. The woman is singing as loud as she can. It's like, yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, and he wakes up and goes like, wow, I can't really hear. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, no shit, guy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but. Uh, Riz Ahmed, if people don't know, um, I first saw him in The Night Of, which was a really great HBO miniseries. If anybody, if, if nobody's ever checked that out, I'd recommend it. Uh, very, very good um, uh, miniseries. Um, so if you've never seen that, really, really check it out. It, it really shows. Um, it, I mean, don't don't judge his entire performance by him being in Venom. Yeah, um, you know, his everybody abilities, was taking it out uh, in Venom. Yeah, you know, so don't don't judge him for being in Venom. I mean, everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to, you know, get a check, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's a very yep, good actor. Uh, they, they mentioned, yeah, this is a Marvel movie. Produced by Sony. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I in this performance, um, I think he does a very good job, you know, being this guy. You see him on his journey of, you know, realizing that, you know, he is losing his hearing, and he's a guy that, I mean, he likes simple things in life, and one of those things is playing music, and him not being able to do that, I mean, it, it, it's just killing him, especially somebody who is also a recovering, you know, drug addict. Um, you know, this thing, you know, kind of gave his life meaning is playing music. It kind of gave his life purpose, especially doing with his girlfriend, um, who's played by Olivia Cook, who's also very good in this uh, as well. Um, Nick, uh, what were your uh, general impressions watching it? Um, <clears throat> well, there are two ways to, to really approach this movie. It, just as an actor's piece and a character study with, uh, with Riz Ahmed's Rubin. And, <clears throat> and how much of this is like not uh, dealing with cliches? Because any other movie would have had uh, him relapse right after finding out he's deaf and having mm. uh, like the girlfriend, uh, Lou, be an enabler but goddamn Lou might be the MVP of movie girlfriends in this because <laughs> she she recognizes like yeah he's going down this path and she gets him help right away it's quick before he, uh, he goes into uh, this uh, little community of uh, the hearing impaired and one of my favorite things about this is that uh, all the characters around him are like using, are communicating by sign language, and until he learns it, you don't see any subtitles. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That how they introduce him going deaf was very interesting too. Hmm. Um, 
because the music starts off with very much just incorporating music right away. Um, you get introduced to the band immediately. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I don't know about you guys, but I, I watched this after I watched Ma Rainey. So to hear, so, and I had the volume at the same exact, uh, at the same exact uh, level. So to jump from, you know, just the chill blues to like just straight heavy metal, that was intense. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, yeah, so with this character, you get to, you get to see how integral music is to his life. And then when it gets shipped away and you get to hear from his perspective, it's it's scary. Yeah, and like one of my biggest fears is one of death. Yeah, and he has one of the like most heartbreaking breakdowns I've ever seen in a movie because yeah, if if you've been online and followed like film Twitter or film Instagram, you've seen this clip of him breaking down, and that scene is (laughs) is really emotional, especially like the goodbye with uh, Olivia Cook's Lou. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. You, you, there's nothing it's in not, this movie it's... that isn't that you can't. Uh, story-wise, in my mind, with this movie, story isn't really the most important part of this movie. It, it's mm. uh, it's watching uh, it's watching Riz Ahmed as uh, this character and watching uh, his his progression. From yeah, um, from losing his hearing to finding a community where he's accepted, where he's loved, and like his struggle yeah. with deciding to go back to his old life or to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, him going to the community and him meeting, especially um, his mentor, um, who is an actor I've never seen before. Um, Paul uh, Ratchie is is he's listed. He plays Joe. Was kind of like his guy that um, is, is guiding him through you know this experience of being deaf and what that's like and, and you know what his new life is going to be, uh, which is you know very very I think a very good performance as well. Um, and uh, you know to see him be a part of this community um, first having this such this resistance and then you know learning the acceptance especially you know connecting with the children um as well that are there in this community that, that go to the school and you know uh you know he has a good moment with a kid where he's on a uh on a on a slide on a park slide and they're communicating you know something he can relate to which is you know making a beat you know like like that communication of sound you know what i mean from being a drummer and making and making that connection and I think that was very special. I thought that was a very good moment. Um, and, you know, he thinks, you know, he's, you know, he's so much, you know, fighting this. And, and like, I think, you know, anybody would, you know, if somebody tells you, you know, like, hey, you know, you know your hearing is, you know, deteriorating rapidly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, and once, it, once it's gone, it's gone. I mean, you can't get it back. And he's like, well, you know, what if I can get, like, one of those things that you can install in your ear? What if I can do that? And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, but those things are super expensive and you know insurance doesn't cover it um you know uh so you know that, that's kind of going to be tough um and to see you know when it finally happens when he finally does you know do something like that um or tries to do something like that um that experience for him and what that's like um is 
I thought very very good as well and and very you know uh, just to see the you know Riz Ahmed kind of perform and act his way you know th throughout different emotional beats in this movie is very impressive um, and very good. Yeah, just with the, the last two movies we talked about, uh, with this and uh, Ma Rainey, the Oscars just got a whole lot more interesting this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, did this release in theaters? Or was it only on Prime? I, mean, I hope they gave it like a limited theatrical run so it'd be eligible. But even, even I feel like they should probably waive the theatrical rule because... It's a goddamn pandemic. You can't expect everybody to be able to go to a theater. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I thought, you know, th that was very well done. Um, you know, Riz Ahmed, you know. Uh, Chase, what, uh, what were your uh, overall thoughts, you know, watching it and just seeing all the different performances? It, it was it was the same thing I have with uh, Ma Raimi, uh, where I have to go back to this before I really give a final score on it, but um, I'm leaning towards like a nine, um, but I don't really have too many, like I don't have any nitpicks for it, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing like really wrong with the movie. <laughs> it's just a lot of great performances, um, and just to see the characters struggle with trying to get whether or not to give up something that he loves you know i thought that was very close to home i hate <laughs> um yeah so it's gonna be an interesting oscar season i don't know i don't know who i'm leaning towards uh, are they still doing the oscars or are they still doing probably I had that they're still doing the grammys still, movies were still coming out yeah so yeah i guess so, I guess so. Well, Grammys, I mean, that's just music, though. You can listen to music at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just music. You know? I don't think I don't think the Academy Awards uh, give a fuck about pandemics. I think they just... Yeah. They got to do their thing uh, and make their money. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, they're doing it yeah, April 25, 2021. Yeah, I see it right here. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they're still, they're still going through with it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, here's some... Um, uh, they're doing like predictions, possibly for best mm. pictures. You want to hear some of the predictions? Uh, sure. Um, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mank. Yeah, that sounds good, baby. Mm -hmm. One night in Miami. All right. Uh, the Father. I've never heard of that. Um, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, mm. Story of Fred Hampton. Hard to say without having seen okay. it, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Tom Hanks film News of the World. Yeah. Um, I think um, in that character, there's like a, I think a deaf girl in, uh, in that character as well, I think. I've seen trailers for it, um, but yeah. Um, Promising Young Woman, uh, which is a film I saw trailers for. I'm very interested to check out. Uh, um, me as well. Me as well. I, I feel like that. Yeah, Sound of Metal is also like a next line contender. They say possibility. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a huge list here. Uh, this is via Variety. Uh, but just to wrap up our you know review here, um, final scores. Nine. Nine. Uh, nine as well. Nine. Um, yeah. Um, guess yeah. We're all in agreement today. Nine. Um, I think <laughs> it's a very strong film. 
Um, I can't think of anything I really had an issue with, per se. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of something. I don't know. Olivia Cook having blonde, blonde eyebrows, that freaked me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like people with blonde eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, yeah, this, that, if nothing else, this is that, me consider going bleach blonde once I get out of the military. <laughs> no, those eyebrows by themselves make it a nine instead of a ten. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was kind of freaky. I don't know, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll knock off a point for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I thought it was you know it, it's hard to say. I mean, it, you know, yeah. everything was so strong. It's just I don't know, ten is like so perfect, like mm. ten, you know. Uh, but it's very very good film. I highly recommend people checking it out. Amazon Prime, uh, very very good film. I feel like with tens you have to like you have to go back to them multiple times, and if you still feel the same way you felt about it the original time you watched it, and there's no new nitpicks or gripes or anything, then that's a ten. Mm. Mm. Yeah, was, I feel like saying? yeah, I feel like I like save tens for movies I I revisit a lot. Like for me, Knives Out is a ten. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a ten. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta really sit with the, with the, uh, with this and uh, Ma Rainey before I can give it a ten. So maybe at the end of the year, when we do that whole uh, top movies, we'll, uh, we'll adjust our scores. <laughs> um, all right, people. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, talked about some good topics. Talked about the Mandalorian. Uh, talked about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Sound of Metal. Uh, Tom Cruise going crazy. Uh, we talked about uh, cyberpunk. Well, Tom Cruise uh, going crazy. Trash. <laughs> yeah, crazier. You know, he's already crazy. Crazier. Uh, Smash Bros. Sephiroth. Uh, yeah, we you know reviewed some good movies um, today. Really enjoyed watching them. Um, you know, glad I saw them. Yeah, it's a rare week for us, but it's kind of like all, all, like all yeah. really great yeah. stuff this week. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be doing Wonder Woman. That's coming out Christmas Day, 25th. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Soul. Um, that's also coming out. Uh, we're also going to be doing Lupin. You guys want to do Lupin the Third as well? Lupin the Third. Yes. Sure. I'm down. Okay. Well, I'm when does Lupin do come out? Lupin's already out. Oh, it is? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. already out. Yep, so yep, we're going to be looping the third. We're going to be reviewing that uh, Friday. Um, and it, it, uh, so when we do shows Friday, we're going to be uploading the Wednesday following that Friday. Is that fair to say, Chase? Like uploading the uh, content well, Wednesday following? At the latest Wednesday, um, by earliest yeah. Monday. Okay, earliest Monday. So ch- make sure to check out Monday, Wednesdays when we upload shows. Uh, hey, if you want to also check us out on our social medias, we're on Instagram, The Afternoon Tune, Twitter, The Afternoon Tune, we're on Facebook at The Afternoon Tune. If you want to check us out, send us an email, we're at the, the Afternoon Tune at gmail.com. If you want to send, you know, of course, check us out on YouTube um, at The Afternoon Tune. Uh, leave comments, concerns, all that good stuff. Like, you know what to do, like, subscribe, all that stuff. You know what I'm, all the dribble I'm going to say, all that good fun stuff. Uh, Chase, where the people can find you? You can find me at Mr. Chase Mac at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, Mr. spelled M R C H A Y S E M A C. Where can they find you, Nick? All right, look me up uh, Facebook Nick Taylor or Twitter and Instagram at Night and Day Nick. That's a N I G H T letter N D A Y Nick. Mm, you get bold. Let them find you on Facebook. 
uh, all right, people. Hey, um, we're also on Twitch as well. Forgot to mention that at Twitch, uh, the afternoon tune. Hopefully, we get to start streaming soon, uh, doing shows, doing some live shows, uh, get those good emotes going. Um, you know, do all that good fun stuff. Uh, you know, hopefully you'll simp for us. You know, give us those bits. You know, all that good stuff. Um, so, to all you people out there, we hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget to always stay tuned.